You know, prayer is vital, but it's also incredibly awkward at times. And I think that those awkward moments can actually hinder us from growing in our relationship with Christ and our effectiveness as a church. And so through this series, what we're going to do is we're going to invest in growing in serious faith by growing in our prayer life. Whether you're someone who struggles with this or whether you are someone who has been a believer and a prayer warrior and that's just one of the gifts that you just excel in. Either way, we're going to learn how to pray effectively. We're going to learn how to pray out loud. Oh, somebody just got nervous. And regularly so that we can grow. So before we get started with the message today, why don't we just pause for a moment and let's go to the Lord in prayer. So Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have. And that's what we consider this, Lord, an opportunity to gather together, to worship you, to sing your praises, to connect in Christ-centered relationship, and to open up your word, and to grow in learning more about you. Help us to have attentive ears. And Lord, I pray that today that all of these hindrances that have been in people's ways from developing a regular, consistent, fervent, strong prayer life, I pray that those things will be destroyed so that we can enjoy the fellowship and the relationship that you have called us to and given us opportunity to be able to have because of Jesus. We thank you for all these things. Amen. One of our values at Word of Grace is that we prioritize prayer because we believe that when we pray, we deepen our dependence on God. So this is how we say this because we believe that deepening our dependence on God is one of the big keys to prayer. Because if I'm not praying, I am basically saying, I've got this. I don't really need any help. We're kind of like that guy that, you know, uh, is lifting too much stuff. And the wife says, do you need to call a friend to help you lift that, honey? Do you need me to go get the neighbor? Do you need me to go call so-and-so? No, I've got this. And then we also got a backache, right? We also injure ourselves because we do stupid stuff because we're trying to do something that really was meant to be done with others. And I think that oftentimes when we forget to pray, when we neglect to pray, when we aren't regular in prayer, it shows something in our hearts, not that we don't love God, but rather that we're trusting in ourselves more than we're trusting God. I think that we, we can love God but to trust him and to deepen that trust is to know him more, is to know him at a deeper level where I am saying, God, I trust you because I know you, because I have spent time with you, because I am depending on you. I am leaning on you and I need you. And when I pray, that's really what I'm acknowledging every time that I pray. I'm acknowledging that need. When I neglect to pray, I'm basically saying, I, I got it. <laughs> And then we see the results of us getting to carry the weight. Prayer is a vehicle that God has sovereignly chosen to use to interact with his people. And the church in the book of Acts were constantly a people who prayed. I'm going to just give you a few verses, and you can read these more in length and in context and study these if you'd like. But Acts 1 and 14 says they all joined together constantly in prayer. 2.42, they devoted themselves to prayer. 3 and 1, going up to the temple at the time of prayer. 4 and 24, they raised their voices together in prayer. 
Acts 12 and 12, where many people had gathered, they were praying. Acts 13 and 3, after they had fasted and prayed. Acts 20, 36, he knelt down with all of them together and prayed. There's just something about having a deep dependence on God that moves the heart of God. There's just something about it. It moves the heart of God, and what it does for you and I is it helps us to come to the end of ourselves, where we run out of options, where we finally recognize we are powerless to do anything of worth or anything of any great significance in our own strength. That's why even people who don't know Jesus will pray in a moment of desperation. Because what are they acknowledging in that moment? They're saying, God, help! I have nowhere else to turn, is really what they're saying. But the thing is, is that we, we treat God like we've got this until we recognize we don't have it. It's like we're saying to God, we're fine. We, we're, we're able to handle this all on our own. And then when we get to a certain point, then we're like, okay, yeah, now I need to reach out. Now I finally need to acknowledge I need help. When the truth is, is that you always need him and you should start with recognizing that you need him. Not just wait until all you can see that you have done and you've tried has failed and now he's your only option. He's always been our number one option and the best option above what I can produce and what you can produce. Amen, somebody? And so for us to pray and for us to regularly pray, man, even when we don't feel like it, even when maybe you can't think of something, man, we need to acknowledge our position and we need to acknowledge who we are and we do need to acknowledge who God is in spite of us what he can do, and how he is glorified when we deepen that dependence and when we pray. Hebrews eleven six 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That means I cannot please God, and you cannot please God unless our dependence is on him. That's really what he's saying here. Without faith, it's impossible. There's not even an option for me to please God. We think we can, we try to please God in our own strength. We try to do things that we think entertain or impress God. And God's just not impressed with our ability. God's not impressed with our skills or our talents. He's not impressed with all of the things that we do. The thing that moves the hand and the heart of God, according to Scripture, is faith. That means I'm deeply depending on Him and I'm acting and living like it daily. This is so important to me that I am, I am regularly recognizing, Lord, you are God and I am not. Amen? I am regularly putting my heart and my mind in the position of humility and teachability that's saying, God, I don't know everything. I don't know what to do here. God, I need you every day. Even the very breath that sustains me, even my heart pumping, even the blood flowing through my veins, God, I need you. And when we do that, it moves the hand of God as we see in Scripture. It moves the heart of God and it pleases God. Because without faith it's impossible to please Him, so with faith it is possible to please Him. For He is a rewarder of those who are diligently seeking Him, those who are deepening their dependence. And we want to prioritize prayer. Even Jesus, when he went into the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers, the thing that upset him was that he told them, he said, you have made my father's house a den of thieves. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. 
We're supposed to be a people of prayer. We should be known for prayer. We should be people who pray regularly, fervently, consistently, and, 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 and it's something that we're con constantly in communication with the Lord about because prayer is at the heart of a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's at the heart. When we talk about we have a relationship with Jesus, does that include prayer in your life? Does that include you spending time not only coming to church, not only trying to live a holy and upright, righteous life before him, not only just reading your Bible, but are you praying? Are you spending time in fellowship with God? Are you spending that time acknowledging? Because it's kind of like our spouses, for those of you who are married, we have to tell our spouses that we love them. And what do us guys do most of the time? Oh, they know. They know. Well, how do they know? Have you said it lately? Yes, they know. And sometimes we get this idea that God knows I need him. I know God knows I need him. I, I, I know that God knows I need him. He, I can't do anything without him. We'll occasionally say those things, almost casually, like we'll just tell our wife that we love them. But there's something deeper and more meaningful about this, this communication when I say, God, regularly, I need you, just like when we say to our spouse and communicate, I love you, and they feel that at a deep level, and it's not just some words. It's something from the heart. And that's a key, key piece to our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible, go over to the book of Matthew. We'll go to the sixth chapter. We're going to look at the context of the Lord's Prayer when Jesus was actually teaching his disciples how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 5. I'll give you just a second there. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. Jesus is speaking here, and this is what he says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." Here as we read this, we see a few things. We see that Jesus is bringing to the forefront the things that really matter most to God. We're able to see the priority of heaven, especially when it comes to our prayers. You can read the context surrounding Matthew chapter 6, and there's other uh, priorities of heaven that you can see, and it really comes down to the heart not impressing other people. It's not about getting the words right. It's not about the length of the prayer. He said, when you pray, don't use a bunch of words like all the Gentiles do and all the empty phrases. Man, they sound really impressive, 
when people speak, but man, there, there's nothing there. He said they're empty. The words are empty. He said the hypocrites are standing on street corners basically saying, look what I can do. Listen to how spiritual I am. Look at all of the phrases that I can quote, all of the different scriptures that I interweave in my prayer and how I just masterfully have said all of these words in this wonderful sequence. And you go, that dude can pray. Wow, that's a really good prayer. I think it's funny when we say things like that, like, Man, I, that was a really great prayer. What does that mean? Think about that. Just think about that for a second. What does that mean when we want to compliment a prayer? Like, that was a great prayer. Or, or if we just mindlessly go through some words or some rituals, it's not, that, that's not what moves the heart of God. It doesn't impress God. What does it do? It makes other people go, oh, wow. They have a little Owen Wilson moment. Wow. Everybody's just, wow, that's so great. Wow. You prayed so good. You used such great words. And, and we're kind of impressed. You know, when we pray, it doesn't need to be to impress other people. It needs to be to communicate with our Father in heaven. Amen? It needs to be to deepen our dependence and deepen our relationship because it's really at the core. And if our goal, Jesus said, if your goal is to be seen by others, you're going to instantly get that gratification if you're praying good. Oh, somebody's going to go, wow, it's really good. It's a good job. Man, you are special. That's a special prayer right there. I, I, man, that word you used, what was that word again? Whew, that was good. And we may not actually verbalize that because that's goofy, but at the same time, we think those things internally, and here's what happens, and this is the danger, and this is what I want us to grow past. When those things become hindrances and hurdles that intimidate us from ever praying or engaging the Lord because we feel like we're not worthy, because we feel like we're not good enough, because we feel like, oh man, I need to go to like prayer school or something. Can there, is there like a prayer school where I can learn like better words and phrases and stuff to impress my friends, <laughs> you know? And we won't pray, we won't engage because we're worried about getting it wrong. We're worried about what other people are going to think. We get embarrassed. We get intimidated. Oh, it's just not my personality. God didn't say, hey, this is based on your personality. <laughs> he wants us to pray. He wants us to engage him because this is a vital piece. And if we're going to grow in taking our faith seriously, we have to grow in this area. We have to. You have to grow. I have to grow. We all need to grow. It doesn't matter how long you've been praying. I don't care how, how often you've been praying. We all need to grow and be challenged to remember the purpose and the power of prayer. Amen? Because prayer is not about the length. It's not about impressive words. It's not about who's watching. It's between and it's about you and God. That's why Jesus says, hey, you know what? If you're struggling with this, you got if you're having a problem with this, here, I want you to just, why don't you just go pray in secret? Because that's really where you learn to pray. Because I, I, I think that's so true in so many areas of life, that it's the things that you do regularly and consistently when no one else is watching. That's where you really strengthen those areas in your life that need to grow and become stronger, not just something we always do publicly. 
it's funny because you think about all of the, the, the effort, all of the things that we put into other uh, areas of our lives that we're wanting to grow in and develop behind the scenes, but when we have the opportunity to do the things that we do, it's actually for a very short time in contrast to the time we spent training and building and investing. And, and when other people see, they get to see what has been actually worked on behind the scenes for many hours and many years. And it's not for them, it's for the Lord. I'm developing and strengthening my prayer life. And I, I love the story. There's a missionary friend of mine who was a missionary in the Ukraine. And I remember one time that he was sharing the story about how there were people gathered around, they were waiting on someone to pray, no one was praying. You know, the awkward circle. You've been in the awkward circle before. Hey guys, let's all pray. Oh boy. Mm, I hope this guy goes. Anyways, this guy decided to jump out and he prayed and he, and he prayed in, in the group and a guy stopped and he said, you pray like you know him. And he said, what do you mean? He said, you pray like you actually know him. And he said, I want to learn to pray like that. And he said, well, it starts with knowing him. It's not praying like this. It's not learning the right words. It's knowing Him. That's where it starts. That's the foundation. That's the relationship. And prayer comes from that, from that relationship with Jesus. That's why in our prayer life, and I don't want to come across critical or make anybody uncomfortable or nervous, but, um, because I want you to start where you're at. So let me, just, let me just say that. Start where you're at. If you don't have a regular prayer life, you don't know where to start, start right where you're at. Talk to God, like uh, God to me. Like, I don't know what to say, <laughs> but I, I, I love you and thank you for Jesus and what he's done on the cross, whatever it is. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Just start being thankful. Just start somewhere. Start where you're at. But, but I think oftentimes we think we have, to, we have to frame it and phrase it in a way that, that it's like writing a letter to our pen pal that, you know, is like from the 1600s. You know, dearest Lord... I thanketh thee for this dayeth and thine many blessings and, and how thou hast blesseth me. And we think that's how we have to talk to God sometimes. And, and, and that's not. Uh, again, start where you're at, but you don't put this pressure on yourself. We're wanting to, 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 to completely just get rid of these hindrances and these obstacles in our prayer life so we can pray, so we can talk to God. And it starts with our relationship with Him. And the stronger your prayer life in secret is with God, the more you know Him, the more you have confidence in Him and not in yourself. Because Jesus was calling those who were trying, He was calling out those people who were trying to impress others. He said, that's your reward for praying that way, that people would be impressed. And I don't want people to be impressed. I want to know God more. Amen? I want that to be my goal, not just to go, oh, wow. But we have to overcome these awkward hindrances, and that really starts with the direction of your affection. And yes, it rhymes, because when it rhymes, people think it's more spiritual. <laughs> Overcoming these hindrances starts with where my heart is pointed, with the direction of where my affection is. In other words, when you're praying, sometimes we just need to slow down a minute. We need to ask ourselves, who am I talking to again? I have caught myself so many times. 
being in a group of people praying or praying by myself or whatever the case may be, and I'm going, am I praying or am I preaching a sermon right now? Because, Lord, I just thank you. Turn in your Bible this morning, Jesus, to... No, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get in this mood where it's like, am I, am I trying to communicate something to the person in the circle? Or am I trying to communicate something to the congregation? Or am I trying to convince God to do something? You know, or am I really just talking to him? Like, wh- who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? What's the motive of my heart? Where's the direction of my affection? What am I doing in this moment? And right in, in, in the middle of praying, sometimes I've caught myself going, I'm talking to the people in this circle. I'm talking to the congregation. I'm re-preaching my sermon through this prayer. But oftentimes when we do that, man, we got to slow down. If we're praying for another person or with another person, praying with our spouse, who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? we got to stop. Are we just going through the motions, saying a bunch of spiritual words in the air? God's not moved. God's not impressed. Am I speaking to the air? Am I just speaking to myself? (laughs) Or am I really talking to God? I think having just that, that slowing down and focusing my heart on him, getting my heart set on him, which is why Jesus taught us to pray the way that he did. Where do we start? We didn't start off asking God for a bunch of stuff. Jesus said, here's where you start. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. It's your kingdom come. It's your will that I want done in earth, in my life, as it is in heaven. I know you're the sustainer of life. You give me everything I need, and so I ask you and depend on you to give me this day, my daily bread. And all the different things, it's, it's, a, it's a tempering of our heart. It's a positioning of our heart. It's a reorienting the direction of our affections. And if your goal is to deepen your trust in God through prayer, then I promise you, if you focus on Him, you'll be you'll be successful 100% of the time. But if your goal is to impress people, you got a 50-50 shot. If you're praying and others are, are in earshot, are you impressing them? Well, you may or you may not. But if your heart is to speak to the Lord, to deepen that relationship, I promise you, you'll have a 100% chance of success. I believe that it's time for us as a church to be stretched to grow more serious in our faith by being a people of prayer, a people whose directions are affected and directed towards God and God alone, that our dependence should be on Him and Him alone, and our goal should be His glory above all else. And that's why Jesus gave us this model prayer, to help us to understand that. So here's my hope today, is that these, that we'll be able to give you some practical things, maybe some inspiration, maybe some challenges and some things that will help you to grow, to overcome the awkward hindrances that the enemy has used as a trap to keep us from growing in prayer. So I just want to give you some practical things that you can walk away with, that you can actually do, and then I want us to actually do these things together. So here's just a quick little list. I just got six things, and there's more. It's not an exhaustive list. It's just some things. If you need to start or be stretched in your prayer life, here's six things that I want to give you. The first one is this. Pray out loud. When you're alone. Oh man, but people might think I'm weird. Yeah, but they see you in your car talking on the phone and they think that's normal. And so they don't know if you're talking on the phone in your car or if you're praying. So get over it, right? (laughs) 
I remember when the little earpiece things came out and they were really popular. Anybody remember those? I hope you don't still wear them. Um, but the little thing, everybody had one. You were cool if you had the little deal right like this, you know, and you're walking around. And people would be like in public restrooms talking. You're like, what is going on with this person? I'm on the phone. Oh, yeah, that's normal. That's what we do now as a society. Uh, but, but, you know, all the time we, we think, oh, I don't want people to think I'm weird. I don't want people to think this or I don't know what to say, whatever the case may be. I think that one of the uh, greatest things you can begin to do is to pray out loud when you're alone. If that's in your home, if it's while you're, while you're doing the dishes, cutting the grass, whatever the case may be, you know, just, just say things out loud. I think it's important for us to say it out loud. I think it's great when we think thoughts, and I think it's great when we have the affections of our heart set on the Lord, and there are times when we're just silent before the Lord, and we're allowing our heart to be pointed towards Him, and we're thinking these things. That's great, but I do believe that there is power to us actually speaking out loud because your brain, and we know this for those of you who have taken the trek uh, before, you know that our brains do not respond to our thoughts as much as they respond to our voice. And so as we speak, there's this power in, in vocalizing those things and it helps to get over those awkward situations. So when you're alone, pray out loud. Pray out loud, get over, push through the awkwardness Make it a regular habit to sit down and just say, Lord, I, I'm just coming to you today, just reminding myself of how holy you are and, and how good you are. Thank you for, for, for how holy and how amazing that you are and the fact that you would love someone like me and you're giving me what I need and you're sustaining me and, and you gave me another day. Thank you for that. Just start off by thanking him and acknowledging his gratefulness, acknowledging your need for him. Don't just automatically always go to God when there's problems and asking God to fix your problems. Start with that deep dependence, that need. We can, we can definitely uh, share our concerns, share our problems, share our challenges with the Lord and ask him to intervene. But if that's all we're doing, man, that's a really one-sided relationship, wouldn't you think? If we're just always asking God, do this, God, do that, God, do this, God, do this. God just wants us to be with him, to speak to him, to love on him, to acknowledge him, to worship him. That's worship. It's not just about singing on, at a church gathering or playing your favorite worship song. It's about intentionally speaking out loud to him. It does something in us. And here's the other thing. Start with simple situations. It doesn't have to be where you're praying for everything on planet Earth, right? To get over these hurdles, there, there's this intimidation factor. Sometimes people think, oh, well, if I pray for this, I've got to pray for this and this and this and this. Oh, my goodness, this is going to take forever, and I've only got five minutes. And so people just give up because they get intimidated by all of the things that there are to pray for. Man, just pray for simple situations, something simple that you're asking God to move in or something that you're depending on him or something you're thankful for. Think about those simple situations, interactions with your spouse, for your children to have a good day at school, for you to pray for uh, and, and just acknowledge the fact that, man, thank you, God, for, for health. I pray that we'll continue in health today and, and, and or wisdom. God, give us wisdom in this situation. We just need to hear from you. We need to be led by your spirit. Help us to see uh, clearly what we're to do. Give us peace, Lord, that we need. Or, or whatever the case may be, start with simple things. It doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. And the other thing, and this is going to help a lot of folks today, I hope. Keep it short, Derek. It's okay. <laughs> Keep it short. 
It doesn't have to be a sermon. It doesn't have to be some sort of dissertation to the Lord. It's not an essay report that you're giving. It is you just talking to the Lord. And we know that God is okay with short prayers. Because Jesus said, when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do because they think they'll be heard for their many words. The Gentiles thought, these people that didn't know God, they thought that when they prayed to their deity, they thought that what they were doing was impressing their deity with the length of their prayers. Man, you don't have to pray long all the time. We're going to talk about intercessory prayer in this. We're going to talk about those times where maybe there's like you're just warring for something and praying. We're going to talk about that in this series. But if you have a hindrance and you have a hurdle that's in your way, Man, I want you to start where you're at and, and don't feel intimidated by the enemy because, oh, well, my prayers must not really matter because this person prayed for an hour and I only prayed for 10 minutes. Man, that's awesome that you prayed for that 10 minutes. I will high-five you all day long if you're a person who is just getting started praying and you haven't been praying or you're trying to develop that, that prayer muscle and you're trying to strengthen that relationship. Do that. Start somewhere. Keep it short. That's okay. And another thing, if you, man, I, I have a hard time getting the words out. I, I have a hard time putting it all together. Well, why don't you slow down? Slow down and write your thoughts to God down. Just write those things out. And it's okay to read those thoughts. I, I've had people before that it's more of their style, more of their jam, more of their vibe, that they'll write things down, and they may read it off a paper or a phone or something when they're praying, but, but they thought those things through, but they still wanted to go through the practice of, of praying and, and speaking out loud because they want to grow in being able to just talk to God. And so one of the ways to lower that hurdle may be for you just to write those thoughts to God down. And then here's the fifth one, and this one's my favorite. Use everyday language everyday language. You don't have to go get yourself some sort of Greek dictionary or Hebrew dictionary or some sort of, you know, a, a thesaurus that has all of these different words that God really likes over in this section. It's not about impressing him. It's about talking to him using everyday language, approaching him, acknowledging that he's holy, remembering that you're still talking to God, but also remember that he is that father that wants to draw you close, that Jesus acknowledged, come to me like a child. You see, like this kid that came up on his lap that the disciples were like, no, no, get those kids away. And Jesus said, don't, don't forsake the kids, man. Don't let them, don't, don't kick them out. No, he said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. He said, you got to come to me like a child. God loves that innocence. God loves that. Don't be intimidated by somebody else just because you're getting started in this thing, man, God loves that. He loves that purity. He loves that innocence. He, he loves the fact that you're just wanting to talk to him. Use everyday language. You don't always have to... You know, <laughs> man, this guy. Okay, now I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> it's, I wasn't planning on telling this, but it just popped in my head. Um, <laughs> there was this guy in our church that I grew up in, and the pastor would always ask him to close the service out. And he was this guy that he would pray and he would like artificially close the sermon 20 times or close the prayer. I mean, and this is what I mean. He'd say, Lord, we thank you for this service. Pray you help us to grow and uh, just pray you be with all of us today in Jesus name. And thank you so much for uh, what pastor said earlier today. And thank you for this. And, and in Jesus name. And thank you. I mean, I'm like, 
we, we would count. I remember as kids, we would count how many times he artificially closed. And then we would, it was like a little bet. Is he going to use 10 today? Is he going to close, you know, five, five times today? But, uh, I mean, sometimes we think, we, we go through these rhythms, we go through these motions, and, and, and sometimes we'll just say things because we just, we, we, we don't know what to do. It's okay. Just start where you're at. Use everyday language. You can keep it short, man, even if you just have to start by praying over your meals. Do these things out loud. I would challenge you to do those things even in public if you're not. To acknowledge, that, not, you know, praying and just acknowledging, Lord, thank you for this time Thank you for this meal. This is a blessing. The fact that we get to just eat this food. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for just how good you are to us. It doesn't have to be anything overtly impressive. It doesn't have to be anything where uh, God goes, oh, I really like that. You're definitely not getting salmonella today. Good prayer. You know, it's not, it's not like that. It's you're just talking to God. And, and I, I, man, I talk, I'm going to freak somebody out this morning. Sometimes I pray and I talk to God with my eyes open. I, I ain't always got my hands put together neither. Because God's not looking for that. God's not impressed by that. It's okay if you want to take that position of piety. If, you want to, if there's distractions around, that's why I close my eyes. It's because I just don't want to be distracted by the other things going around. It's okay. Don't allow these things to keep you from growing in prayer. If you're like, okay, it's time to pray, everyone. All right. Oh, you know, it's, I mean, if you want to do that, that's great. Good for you. That's awesome. But don't let that be the extent of your prayer life. Because as far as you're willing to go or as far as you're willing to be comfortable, that's where you're going to stop growing. And for us to grow, for us to take our faith more seriously, we're going to have to be stretched. We're going to have to do some things that are uncomfortable. We're going to have to be willing to say yes to situations that intentionally make us uncomfortable for the sake of growing. Man, it's normally in my personality. It's normally in the way I do things. But mm, I want to grow in this. I want to start somewhere. Start where you're at. Think of talking to God more like a conversation and less like a letter that you're addressing to someone who's far away. Stay on topic. Just pray a sentence. You don't have to, or a paragraph. Remember, God is looking at the heart. Don't allow your time just to be God asking Him to bless this or that. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Seek to know Him more. Honor Him. Worship Him. The most important thing for us to grow is that we start somewhere, even if it is that mealtime prayer. For those of you who are more seasoned in your prayer life, you need to be teaching others to pray. Teach them to pray. Help them grow. Maybe today's message has been a wake-up call for you if you are a more seasoned believer or you have a strong prayer life to be able to teach others to pray and to re-engage your prayer life. My prayer is that you have had that fire stoked today, that your passion would be renewed to pray, to deepen your dependence on God because we can all get lax with our prayer life. Hello, somebody. We can all get lax with our prayer life. It must be a discipline of our lives when we feel like it and when we don't. We need to be a people of prayer. And it doesn't always have to be just some designated time. I, a lot of times I have a decent commute. I pray on my commute. I'm just talking to God. And when I realize I'm getting distracted, I'm no longer talking to God. I'm just talking words. I'm just speaking or I'm wanting to talk through my day or things like that, and I'm, oh, my heart is not pointed towards God at that moment. I correct it. 
I just correct it. I go, God, forgive me. I got focused on myself. I, I was just talking and, and, and calling it prayer, and it wasn't even prayer. <laughs> it was just Derek talking to himself, which is not abnormal. Um, <laughs> and I, yes, I do respond, too. Um, <laughs> Because people are like, it's cool if you talk to yourself as long as you don't respond. I do both. <laughs> Maybe that means you need to pray for me more. I don't know. Maybe that's where you start. <laughs> One of the safest places for you to grow in prayer, though, should be in Christ-centered community, these people around you, the people in your community group, where you can take the opportunity to say yes, to step out, to pray. Maybe offer prayer over the meal. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe that's going to be the challenge that you take. Or maybe praying over someone's need or praying for someone. Man, God is bigger than you not getting your words just right. I think you just have to step out and trust him sometimes, church. And I don't want to assume that we all have strong prayer lives just because we can all assemble here and worship God together and we're all church family. I know that you all are at different places in your prayer life, and, and wherever you may be, my exhortation to you is to step out and to begin to pray regularly. So as a church, I want us to take a step together this next week. I want us to all commit to pray. I don't care how long, but I want us to all commit to pray every day out loud. Every day out loud this next week. And I believe that if everyone here who's in this room and everyone who's watching online and everyone who's out in the commons, if we will all commit to pray, I don't care how long, but if we pray out loud every day over the course of this next week, just to make that commitment, set a reminder on your phone, pray out loud, five minutes, pray out loud, 30 minutes, however long you feel that you want to designate to that, to grow in that, to exercise that prayer muscle, to develop that consistency. If you already have a consistent prayer life, maybe this is going to be a deeper challenge for you to either uh, pray over some things that maybe you've been laxed in or to teach someone else, to invest in someone else, to help them to grow in their prayer life. Or maybe you've gotten away from you and your spouse praying together and you used to do that regularly. Maybe you used to pray with your children and maybe you need to call them if, if they no longer live with you. You need to pray with them even over the phone or maybe there's a friend that you need to pray for, whatever the case may be. Let's grow in our prayer life. Let's make this a priority because when we prioritize prayer, we are deepening our dependence on God. And let me tell you, where God is taking word of grace and where he's taking you as an individual and where he's taking your family, we're going to need to depend on God. Amen? Because we can't, it's not like God's handing off this thing to us and saying, okay, I got you this far and now good luck with it from here. No. The same God that brought us to where we're at, to this place, to this time, is the same God that's going to take us where he wants us to go from here on out as well. Amen? So I never stop needing him. I never need to get to the place to where I start feeling good about myself because things in my life might be going well right now or things in church might be going well right now and think somehow it was because of me or thank you, God, for getting here. I got it from here. No, no, no. I still need him. Amen? And I never stop needing him. And prayer helps keep my heart recognizing and remembering that very thing. So 1 John 5 and 14 says, this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. I want to have a confidence in God that when I know that I'm praying, Lord, help me to pray according to your will. Help me to pray, Lord, in faith, pleasing you. Help me to deepen my trust and my walk and my relationship with you. 
Help my wife and I to grow stronger together in our relationship with you. Lord, give us eyes to see the things that we don't see yet. To understand the things that maybe we need to put into practice in our lives. Help us, Jesus. Let's pray. Let's do these things. It's important. It's vital. So let's just pray together this morning. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you. That's what this is. We're just acknowledging an opportunity to talk to you because, Lord, you are good and we just want to acknowledge your goodness, your holiness. Thank you for being so good. Help our hearts today to be so in awe of you that we want to talk to you that we want to grow in relationship with you because you are good and because you care about our needs, even though it seems like how could you care about so many people in so many situations, but you do. Thank you, most importantly of all, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to be able to take the punishment for my sin and for the sins of the world. Thank you, Jesus for your willing sacrifice. Help us to grow in our dependence upon you, to deepen our dependence in who you are. Help us as a church family, Lord, to grow in truly having our affection set on you, to deepening our relationship with you, and to prioritizing prayer. Because we know, Lord, that we need to pray and that we need to be people of faith who are trusting you more and more. We thank you for our time together. I pray that we will do this together, Lord, that you'll remind people to pray, that you'll help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen.